exaggerate, even when it doesn't favor him or her, says it like that. Faithfulness. And you know, God requires us to be faithful. God wants us to be faithful. Because God is very faithful himself. But God wants us to be faithful. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1, let a man so consider us as stewards of Christ. We are stewards of Christ, servants of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, moreover, it is required in stewards now that one be found faithful. You say, why are we stewards? Because we came into this world with nothing. Everything you have, God gave you. All of us came into this world with nothing. You didn't have any papers that gave you anything here on earth. Actually, it didn't even come with any clothes on. Job put it rightly. In Job 1.21, he said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. Naked when we came. Naked when you leave. And because of my, my job, I've been called to places where people passed away. I've observed people go home. And I've discussed with people who are ready to go home. They don't have interest in any other thing. Because they know this does not belong to them. We must, we must let some truth down on us. It will help us a lot. That you and I came here naked and we leave naked. 1 Corinthians 4 7. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? Because sometimes, you know, we think we own things and we decide how to do that. God's saying, really? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though you were, it, were, it were not a gift? Why behave as if it's all yours? And God will have a say in how you spend your money and how you do this thing because now it's your money. You see, if we understand these things, it will help us allow God guide. Because we are stewards. Um, we can't boast with our, for our riches. What riches? It's God's. So God requires us to be stewards of the things of life that um, he has given us. Second Timothy 2.2 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. God is looking for faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Because let me tell you, your faithfulness will be challenged. Circumstances will challenge your faithfulness. The devil will challenge your faithfulness. It will be challenged. Jesus Christ 
our example. And again, we look at uh, Moses 2, Hebrews 3, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partakers with those called to heaven, think carefully. Think what? Carefully. Uh, let me make a point here. It's, it's a tragedy that we're careless with scriptures. We're very, very careless with scriptures. But let me tell you that the scripture is the very word of God. If you, love, if you, know, if you know what's good for you, take that seriously. That's the amen and amen. That's the finality of truth. That's God talking. He says, hey, think carefully. Don't read Bible casually. Don't take it as a joke. Don't. It needs to guide your life. That's God's word to you. Think carefully about this Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. Think carefully. It's not a casual thing. Take your time and think about Jesus. Let the Spirit of God teach you about who he is. For he was faithful to God, who appointed him. Just as Moses sat faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house, he was faithful. He said, think carefully and realize that he was faithful to God. I should think carefully that Jesus was faithful to God. And so, faithfulness must be proved because circumstances will show up that will make some people change, alter their stand. Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So the scripture is saying that God is not going to give you more things if you're unfaithful in the little. In the little. In the little. To God, nothing is little. Nothing is little. So you don't fast for it. You don't, you don't, you don't, it's not something you wring God's hand to give you. He won't give you. Because he said it plainly in his word. He's not going to promote you. He's not going to commit things into your hands because you are not reliable. Who, whoever does that anyway? Whoever does that? Sunday school teacher, you're not faithful there. Life center, you're not faithful there. You're really not faithful. And if, we, if the truth will be told, even in your family, you're, not, you're likely not to be faithful because unfaithfulness is a character flaw. It's a character flaw. Your job, you're not faithful. You find reasons why you shouldn't be faithful. And then you're praying for God to promote you. The money God gave you, you're not faithful to God with it. Unfaithfulness will block your promotion from God, certainly. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, the Bible said, despise not the days of your small beginning. In little things, you will be faithful in large things. But if you are dishonest in little things, remember unfaithfulness, faithfulness requires you shouldn't lie. If lying is not faithfulness. So if you are 
dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, this is God's word, brethren. Who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? This is God asking. So I'm not giving it to you. You're not saying it. You know, what you have never experienced, you don't miss. Honestly, you don't miss. I sat in my room yesterday. I was just thinking and praying what the church is missing. Incredible what we are missing. You haven't seen the Spirit of God do something. You will know what we're missing. You haven't seen. If the Spirit of God does stuff in your life, you, you, you follow him the rest of your life. You don't need a pastor to tell you. I just sat there and said, oh my God. I was praying. I, man, I said, God, we miss a lot. So he said, I'm not going to trust into your hand the greater things of the kingdom when the things that perish the wife you marry, you're not treating her well. You're unfaithful to her. Talking to her anyhow. Your children are not faithful. You're not faithful. How can I give you the, these things that are precious, more precious? They don't perish. How can? How can I put people's souls under you? How can? So you wreck it. You know, you, 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 you're not compassionate to your wife. You're not compassionate to your children. You're not faithful. How can I give you souls of men? So you destroy them too. Well, I have ministry, I have ministry. Forget about all these things. If God gives you a ministry, it will come naturally. It will come naturally. And it will be a testimony. No man take this honor, what? Unto himself. Come naturally. Everybody will see the spirit of God at work in order God will put you under training and the artist time equip you and send you and send your people and send your resources and give you your commission. Verse 12, Luke 16, 12. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, see that. We go to our jobs. <laughs> God said, hey, really? Is this why you serve them here? Is this why you serve them here? Always making trouble. You know, the Lord told us to respect authority, whether they are good or bad. Because that's faithfulness. I told you, your faithfulness will be challenged. Severely challenged. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? This is God asking. Why, do I, why should I give you things of your own? The other people's things, you haven't shown that they're faithful. Am I not the one that owns everything I give you? Why should I give you? But you are fasting for more. Doing this for more. Doing this for more. I don't forget when the Lord told me, he said, if you don't subject yourself to the authority I put over you, you will not go to the next level of your ministry. He told me, point plain. He said, my Bible says so. He said, humble people are the people I lift up. Not proud people. 
And I went to our leaders and I asked, I said, I will anything you propose do, say. I said, in this, in this work, there's one word, yes, sir. That's what I told them. I went to them one by one, pledged my loyalty to them. And our boss took me by the hand, went by the corner, and said, Chinidu, this is how God promotes people. And he didn't know what God did. He said, this is it. Be faithful. If they say, the mother of Jesus said, whatever he says to you, what? Do it like that. Be faithful to it's in his hands to increase you, promote you. It's in his hands. Totally in his hands. If he wants to increase you, he will. And he said, no man can serve two masters. For you will hate one, love the other. Faithfulness. There's no being dubious there. You're either, you're either faithful to what God has commissioned, or you can't be playing games here and there. Chameleon. You come to church, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. Because you're not deceiving him. I can't deceive him. Look at Abraham. Why did God make Abraham a great, a great nation? Why did God choose this man? I, I found out here. Because God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, and I'm saying, why did God choose this man? Out of everybody, there was something God saw in him. It's called faithfulness. Genesis 18, 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Did you see the level of intimacy? Did you see how God trusted this man? That God trusted this man and said, I'll show him my secrets. I'll show him what I'm doing. It's not everybody that God comes up to show what he's doing. Not everybody. Because he said, if you are not faithful, how can I cannot commit into your hand the real deal? The real deal. My blessing, my, the real spiritual things. Look at it here. And the Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham that which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. Why? He's faithful. If you are faithful in the little, God says, I will increase. God says he will surely, not whether he will be, he will surely be. You see why God chose him? So when God makes a choice, you think, oh, he's seeing what you don't see. Verse, verse uh, sorry, um, great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. 19, for I know him. God says, I know him. You may not know Abraham, but God says, I know him. I'm telling you, he knows everybody. He says, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord. You see, faithfulness in the children he gave him is faithful. In doing what God wants him to do, God said, I know this man is faithful. So I will give him my secrets. I will tell him what I'm doing. You know, there's something that happened there. I was telling Chichi, I said, I've not told that story. I think I mentioned it to you. But I will tell that story at the appropriate time. What God did here, and I was sitting here, and the Lord told me what was, what was happening in the spirit world. And told me what to do. Many of you sat here. I didn't even know what was going on. At the appropriate time, I will tell that story. You know that God is faithful. God is what? Faithful. 
Don't kid with God. Don't mess with him. Don't play games with him. You will lose. He doesn't lose. So he says about Abraham, I know this man. I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may why? So that the, God, the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. He said, I know he was faithful. So that I'm doing that which I, I chose him to do. I chose him because of this. He's faithful. That the Lord will bring upon him the greatness that he spoke about him. God saw him. This man is faithful. I will break him great. I will commit my covenant into his hand. My plan on earth put into his hand. Galatia 3.9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Faithful Abraham. So, Paul, you know the Lord testified about Paul. When God says you are faithful, you are really faithful. He said, look at 1 Timothy 1.12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who had enabled me for he had counted me faithful. May the Lord count us faithful. I want to hear a good day, man. He has counted me what? Faithful. Then putting me in the ministry. This ministry is not a, a salvation. Has God counted you faithful? Why did you prove your faithfulness first? Under who have you served? Why did you prove your faithfulness? God said, prove them first with the office of deacon and see if they are faithful. You are rebellious. You don't listen to anybody. All of a sudden, you have ministry. Are you serious? You think God who wrote this Bible will violate it for you? Because you are so special. God counted me faithful first. Then put me in the ministry so that I can commit into my hand the gospel. And then look at Paul to know that he was faithful. His faithfulness was challenged with so many trials, so many... It, tri Look, trials will come. Can't avoid them. Perplexities do come to Christians. You can't, run, you can't avoid them. They do come. But that's why you prove your what? Faithfulness. A faithful man who will find. Not at the, at the mountain top you can be faithful. But in the valley, in the valley, in the valley, when it looks like God is nowhere to be found, but he's there. He's there. He's there. It's a great opportunity for you to say to the Lord, faithful to this thing. Job, prove this faithfulness. He said, even if you kiss me, I will yet, what? Praise him. I know my Redeemer. He proved his faithfulness. I was telling my son, like I said, people who are not ready to prove their faith in God are not going to see too much of God. Because your, every man's faith must be tested. If you're avoiding it, you're not ready yet. So this man's faithfulness was tried. Look at Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me. Lord moves me. Why? Neither count I my life dear to unto myself. Really, Paul? No Lord of self-preservation is I'm ready to die for this. Why? 
so that I might finish my course with joy. And the minister, he found me faithful and put me in the ministry. Now you see why God put it, put it to his hand. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, I'm ready to die doing this thing. None of these things move me. Nothing. You can take away anything. You can, I can go home. And he was hungry. He has no... He, so, his faithfulness was challenged severely. But he remembered that it's required and still was that they should be found what? Faithful. You see why that question? Every man declares their goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Because when challenges come, and they show up, we murmur against God, complain against God, complain. Faithfulness goes through the window. Serving God becomes second place, you know, because God has disappointed. Brethren, there's no temptation that comes to you that's not common. It's not. It's not. Somebody sat in my office telling me all the things passing through. I told him my story. He started to cry. He said, you passed through this. I said, I've not finished. I shared it with my wife. I said, remember when we used to cook soup and stew with one fish. When I mean fish, it's not a, it's not a, a, a quick, what's a quick? You know, this, this frozen fish that we used to buy in Maryland. One, not two. Cut it into two. This is soup for six people. The other one is, is a stew. And my children were raised on yam and oil. This is the story. I know many times we finished service, I was going home to nothing. And nobody in that church knew. Nobody found out. Nobody heard it from us. Nobody saw it from us. We never asked anybody, talked to nobody, trusted God. I said, remember when we could, toilet through one. I couldn't buy second one. One, for the six of us to be using. So if you are going, you go and take it. <laughs> I said, we'll go to Costco now and buy it in, in bags. And God was watching. Does he really trust me? Or is he following me for what? For things that perish? Has he separated me from material things? That I'm God and distance I'm not. Why does he worship me? Why does he praise me? Is he, can I trust him? You can dance on the mountain. But can you dance in the valley too? So God gave poor abundance of revelation because he, you see, the, he wrote almost one, one quarter of the Bible. He wrote all that revelation in prison. In prison, he was writing them. In prison. In prison, he was writing them. The faithfulness he had committed to this, he said, none of this thing move me. This ministry must finish. We cannot be unfaithful with God's word. We can't afford. It's a, it's a luxury none of us can afford. We can't be unfaithful with God and his word. We don't have any option in this life.
You can't flirt with other words. You got to stick with this word. Be faithful at all cost. Luke 8:18. 8, so pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given them because they are faithful. But to those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. All of a sudden, what you used to know becomes fuzzy. You get confused because you are not producing, you are not faithful to it, so why do they leave it with you? Somebody else is faithful and doing teaching Sunday school, faithfully praying for those people, totally committed, and God gives him more revelation because he's giving it. I told my wife, I said, well, like a river. Anytime you become a lake, stops. Well, well, like a, I said, why did the Bible talk of rivers of living water? We are vessels through which it flows, so you, can't, you must be giving out all the time. I told them at the is it a believers meeting, always think, don't, don't think of receiving more. Think of giving. Have this giving mindset. Lord, use me today to bless somebody. Anywhere you are, even in church, anywhere you are, Lord, I'm available. Use me. You, the more he uses you, the more it flows into you. But if you, if you think you are going to hold it, pretty soon you, nothing is flowing. Nothing. Even teaching Sunday school is a privilege. Even teaching a life center is a privilege because you are giving it out. Giving it out. Giving it out. And watch your life now. More is coming. And one day you face a problem. Out of the abundance of your heart, the Spirit will pick something and say, this is the stone to use. And you overcome this. So how do we develop faithfulness? But you know, faithfulness is what you have, it came standard when you, when you came to Christ. It's part, I mean, Jesus' life you received is a faithful life, though. So when you came to Christ and received the new life, the hidden man has faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is, is his nature. So faithfulness is there. So that's why I'm using the word develop it, not get it, because you already have it. But because as a newborn babe, we develop. We have it, but we develop in it. So one way we can do that is to have intimate fellowship with the Spirit of God through the Word. 1 John 2, 24. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, if you remain faithful to that, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. If you remain faithful to what we've been taught, let me give you something, key to success. Don't joke with people God put over you. You didn't put them there, God put them there. Don't let the devil deceive you one day that you put them there, you didn't. God put them there. And God put them there to help you. Tell the truth. That's why God calls people anoints them to do something. And you don't have the same anointing because you are not called to that position. You are not called. You have anointing for the other positions God called you. But you see this particular one. God put anointing on that person to do something. It's his ministry. He wants to use this vessel to teach people to do something. 
and the spirit of God start manifesting in that thing, you look down on it, you are looking down on the spirit walking in him. Jesus said, if they reject you, they reject me and reject my father because it's my father that sent you. I learned this thing longest time. And now I'm realizing more because some things our pastors told us. I told my wife, I said, is this not what the pastor was telling us then? I didn't understand. Now it's making, it's, he was right. Because I hadn't grown much at the time. So the Bible says, so you must remain faithful to what you have been taught. Somebody taught you now. Listen, if we don't need, if we can get, if we can make it without teachers, God won't put teachers in church. If we can get along without teachers, then God won't put our teachers in church. But he put them because we need them. He put them because we need them. If we can get along without them, if you can make it without them, God won't put them and put pastors. He put them because we need them. So be faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. If you do, if you do conditional now, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. If you don't, you'll be out of fellowship. That's what he's saying. You're not faithful. And then 25. In this fellowship now, we enjoy this eternal life he promised us. You see our life change. See our life transform. See our life change. In this fellowship, we begin to develop this fruitfulness, this faithfulness, this love. In this fellowship, we develop these things. The eternal life begins to manifest. We grow in it. In this fellowship that comes from being faithful to what we have been taught. That thing we, we, we must, you know, that's part of drawing near to God that James talks about. We must draw near to God. We must draw near to God. So God draws near to us. It's called intimacy. James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. First thing. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh out to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Resist evil. If, if, I'm, if I'm not going to resist evil, then I'm not ready to have fellowship with the Spirit of God. So it's my job to resist evil. I resist the devil. It's my job to do that. Nobody will do it for me. I resist evil thoughts. I resist words that are not from God. I resist laziness that will make me not be faithful to God. I resist all these other options that will take me away from my faithfulness and commitment to the Word of God. It's my job to do that. If I don't do that, they will take me away from being close to God. I can be coming to church, but I'm not close to God. I want to give you something. Always be quick to repent. Because being quick to repent restores you quickly to fellowship. Very, very quickly. And it's your own advantage. Dragging on this and arguing it is worthless. Look, to me, in my, not to me, my opinion doesn't really count. But I think the important thing is, is it worth it? Who cares who is right or wrong? I just want to apologize. 
Did Jesus do anything wrong? What did he do? But he came here and died for us. So why shouldn't I apologize and say, I'm sorry? I'm really sorry. Please, let there be peace. So that I have continuous fellowship with him. You think the Bible says, if your brother has author against you, what did he say we should do? He said, go and what? You're not talking. I can hear you behind that thing. Go and, yeah. Somebody told me, he said, one advantage of mask is I can sleep behind them. <laughs> the person that told me, he said, I told them that this mask has a second advantage. He said, I can pull it up and sleep. <laughs> Nobody sees me. <laughs> so I hope you are not sleeping though. <laughs> Praise the Lord, church. Draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God. Quick to repent. If, if, if I have issues with him, don't you understand that something is drawing me away and distracting me? Time I should invest, I'm investing. I should go there and say, my brother, I'm sorry. What do I do to make up for you? Once we do that, you know what that gives me? It gives me back my time, redeeming your time for the days are evil. The enemy wants to distract you with things. No, 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 you are not distracting me. It's my brother. Whatever he gets from me is good. But let, let me make him happy and you come back. And if you're close, you have time, more time devoted to God. Quick to repent, quick to forgive people. Because if you don't, it will be dragging you. It will be dragging you. It will be dragging you. I'm not kidding. It will be dragging you away from fellowship with God because here adrenaline is running. You, you, you say, you know, uh, I don't have anything against him, but God knows your heart. You know, God did awesome work in my life. He purged me of things. That I will swear we're not there. And when he did, the difference was clear. The difference was clear. There were no more there. And God could flow. There were no more there. Drawing close to God, very important. So that the eternal life you have, we show. Faithfulness, we show. It's not something you do by giddy giddy. It's something his spirit does. This life is lived by him, not by you. That's the difference. Christianity is not about you being better. It's Christ living through you. That's it. And if it's him, then that faithfulness is constant. It's constant because it doesn't fail. I'm quick to believe his word. Don't drag it out. Quick to believe what he tells you. Train your conscience to be very sensitive to the things of God. And that's humility. Train yourself to be very, very sensitive. And be teachable. Very, very teachable. You must have the heart of a child. So another way we can develop faithfulness is by modeling it, by teaching it. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. You don't do this by being angry with them, but with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord, that the Lord gives you. Teaching, for example, Second Chronicles 26, 3. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 52 years. His mother was 
Jecoliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Why? Look at verse 5. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. Somebody taught him. Faithful to the words we've been taught. Somebody taught him to fear God. Somebody taught him. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. What God said, if you are faithful, I will increase you. But somebody taught him. Somebody was his teacher. God put somebody in his life to teach him. I've told you, if, if we think, if we, can get, if we can get along without teachers, God won't put them there. Why should God waste his time? He put them there because we need them. Actually, the, the, most, to me, the most important ministry is t- the teaching ministry. Because everybody is something because somebody taught you. Somebody taught you. And if you are taught and you grow up, he says this eternal life will flow in you. It's not just character only, but the, the, the faith to do this, the, the, the wisdom to do this, understanding like faithfulness, what the value of it. You begin to walk in all that wisdom of God. Then you, you, we model it. Philippians 4, 9. Those things which you have both learned, see the word learned, you both learned them and then received and heard and seen in me. You heard them and received them. You learned them, received them, heard, and then seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So we model faithfulness to our family. We model it to our family. You know, some, honey, can I say something that happened? I think I have your permission. You know, I was telling my wife about something in the wedding life center, and then uh, she wanted to do something. I said, honey, no, let's continue. So me and the Gochuku were the majority. We said, mommy, no, let's continue. So later on, she, she said that thing needed to be done. And when she went to do that, my son turned looking at me. You know what we're watching? That is reaction. I smiled and let her know I love my wife. I didn't say that, but that thing she did was very important, was very necessary that she did it. I didn't understand, but she understood. It was very important that she did that thing. I didn't get it, but it was very important that she did it. So when she did that, I realized it was very important that she did it. But my son turned looking at me with smiles from ear to ear. Let's see, daddy now. No, those are teaching moments when you humble yourself. Those are teaching moments. Those are teaching moments. And now we say, ah, I, I told you not to. That's kiddish. That's, that's behaving like a child. That's okay. Because I don't have wisdom. I don't have, I don't have monopoly of wisdom. That's why God gave you a wife. So that where you don't get it, she gets it. And at this point, she got it. I didn't get it. It worked out fine. It worked out fine. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, that's opportunity to stop, start 
say no more of ungodly things, prideful things, insulting your wife, forgetting all the good things God has used that to do in your life. Even if she was wrong, is that the reason to now degrade her? Is that the reason? But in this case, she was right. She was perfectly correct within her right. So we need to model faithfulness. The children see us pray, study, and see how you put away some things because it's important to you. You know, sometimes my children pass, they see me pray. When they pass, they look at me like this. I know they're watching. They just pass. You know, this glancing thing, they see me, they pass. And one of them came to me this morning. He said, Daddy, he said, I'm what I am because of who you are. It's God, though, but it's because of who you are. That was a deep statement. You say you've modeled something for me to learn from. We should model these things. That's an investment into the next generation. Can I hear amen? So you can't be careless. You can't be careless. Can't afford to be. Now, you know, Paul transited from not being faithful to being faithful. He didn't start out being faithful. But there was a time he didn't know Christ well. He didn't understand how to be faithful, how to develop your faithfulness. He didn't understand it, but he got it. And then the thing began to flow. I want to show us the difference now. Look at Romans 7 from 14. Romans 7, 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I want you to watch the word I do. I do. Watch it as I'm reading. You won't hear Christ mentioned here. No. Just watch it. That which, and I want you to count with me. That which I do, one, I allow not, what, two? You're not counting. For that I would, three, that I do not, what, four. But what I, five, eight, that I, then, then, I do that I, seven, which I would not. Eight, I consent unto the law that is good. How many now? How many eyes do we have? Is there a mention of Jesus there? What is he talking about? Paul. Look at verse 17. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I, nine, no. That in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not ten. For the good that I would do not, but the, the, the good that I would do not, but the evil which I could, I will not, that I do. Do I, 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 everyone. I do. I know it. I do. The thing I want to do, I do. 
and I do. And I, did you hear that story? Did he mention Jesus? That's where many Christians are today. I will be better. I do. I do. Brethren do, and they do, and do that. I do. That's where they are. It's called carnality. I want to tell us something. Listen to me, real good. Anytime you undertake to do what only God can do, you'll be frustrated. I don't care what that is. Anytime a man undertakes to do what only God what can do, he will what? Be frustrated because he doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. He will end up failing and failing, frustrated and totally miserable. He will try again, fail again, try again, fail again. Because he doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. That's where Paul was. I, 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 Romans 7.24. Oh, they said, man that I am, who shall deliver me from what? This body of death. Frustration. I, boom, he fell. I, boom, he fell. I, boom. Mark 8.2. I have compassion on the multitude because they have not, they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away, Fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. For divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy what? These men with bread here in the wilderness. Can I ask you a question? Did Jesus ask them to feed them? I'm asking. Did he tell them to feed them? I'm asking. But they thought it was their... So they say, from whence can a man, they are thinking of men, they are not thinking of Christ. <laughs> he just told them, he said, I'm going to feed them. They thought that they were the ones to feed them. So in their imagination, it was impossible. And they say, from whence can, that's the life of a man who tries to do what only God can do. It's impossible to overwhelm you, miserable, discourage you. Second Kings 7, Elisha replied, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, five quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of uh, silver and ten quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven but Elisha replied, okay, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. The man thought, this is what human beings do. He says, it's impossible. It couldn't happen. Let me repeat it. <laughs> Always remember that. Anytime you undertake to do what only God does, because God says, there are things that are humanly what? It's not your realm to do them. Try to do them. You will fall flat. Frustration. So you can save yourself all that frustration. It's the same thing with eternal life. It is humanly what? Because it's not your life. Jesus said, I came that you might have that you might have life and have it what? 
I came to produce this life in you. It's not you. So when Paul was saying, I do, he said, I'm wretched. Now let's see Paul now. Let's see Paul now. Romans 8 from verse 1. He says, so now there's no condemnation for Sorry, First John 4, 9, before Romans 8. First John 4, 9. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Romans 8, 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because they belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed me from the power of sin that leads to death three. The Lord of Moses was un unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the Lord could not do. He's saying that we couldn't save ourselves from sin. We couldn't produce righteousness, all of us. So only God did it. God did what the Lord could not do because it's impossible with man to produce righteousness.